1: Welcome to On The Line. It is Tuesday, March 7th, and we are back with our latest episode to dive into all things track and field. I'm Ashley Titians here with my amazing co-hosts, Olivia Ekpone and Corey Mole. If you listen to our show on milesplit.com, be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts, and be sure to tune into the newest and latest episode of the Live and Learn podcast coming soon, where Olivia will talk to none other than American record holder Abby Steiner. I'm really excited for that one. Now in today's show we'll hear from two all-timers in the U.S. high school distance running landscape, recap some of the final indoor state meets of 2023, and dive deep into the races to watch a New Balance Nationals Indoor and NSAF Nationals as we have officially kicked off the first week of Indoor Nationals competition in 2023. So guys, how's it going? Exciting stuff going on. So Corey, I love yeah, you. We're looking
2: forward
1: to <laughs> Awesome.
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's introduce Leon and Lex. Uh, so obviously, of Newberry Park, if you've if you've watched any kind of distance running, you know who these two are. Stanford University signees, three time national cross country champions, and the authors of many national level performances. There isn't a lot that these guys haven't done whether it's been cross-country or track and field. And this weekend, Lex is going to go with his teammates to Boston to compete at New Balance Nationals Indoor. He's entered in the 5K. Leo's coming off a World U20 bronze medal in cross-country and a ridiculous 340 for 1500, which is the fifth fastest at the distance ever. Uh, It converts down to 358 for the mile. So let's start with this. Guys, how are you all doing? Leo, let's start with you. How are you?
2: Um, I'm doing really well. Just trying to get through another school day. But, um, yeah, I'm having a good time, looking forward to some good training. Lex? Oh, yeah. Same as Leo, just trying to get in some solid training, but also looking forward to a pretty exciting race on Saturday.
0: <clears throat> I, know, I know we can't we, – we, we we're looking forward to this, like, <laughs> 100%. Uh, Leo, I want to start with you. Obviously, you're, you're the most, you know, recent performance here, 1,500 meters at the 10 uh, this weekend – you ran 340.86, fifth all-time outdoors. Can you talk to us a little bit about what was your plan and approach and how did you execute on that day?
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, there really wasn't much of a plan or approach. Because the thing is like it was it's a professional race. So like I didn't really know what to expect. I knew it was gonna be fast and, and I wasn't sure exactly where I fell within like the field of talent. So the whole I guess the plan that we had was just, just like kind of go out there, hang out in the middle of the pack and try to stay as relaxed as possible. And then just gauge how you're feeling based on that. And a lap to go, I was just like, oh, man, I got to get moving. So then I just, and I felt pretty good. So I was like, oh, let's just have some fun with it. And I really just started going for it. And it turned out to be um, a really good uh, race. I'm curious, one follow up to that. You're coming off cross
0: country where, you know, obviously you're, you're training for, you know, 8K. Uh, and a longer distance i mean was there any sort of impact on the legs kind of turning back into track or
2: no um well that's exactly why we weren't so sure what to expect was because i was coming off of 8K training so i'd really only done i'd really only had i think two weeks in between this race that i just did on saturday and the ak that i did in australia to like change over into um track stuff so like we didn't really know where i was at so this was kind of just like a benchmark um but Yeah, I think I, I mean, I felt fine. I felt great. You know, I think maybe the paces were a little bit foreign to me, but, um, no, I think that's a really good starting point.
1: Now, Lex, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but you'll be competing this weekend in the 5k at New Balance Nationals. And, you know, I have to know, like, what's the end goal there for you? You know, sub 14 national record, simply a win, like, you know, take, take us through that strategy going into this weekend.
2: Well, I think all of those are, are the goals really. It's like, uh, it's also in a sense, just like a test of my fitness where I'm at. Cause I was injured for a lot of, uh, I was injured for a lot of December, like pretty much the entire month. So then I raced the, the qualifier at USA's after like only like a week of training. So for me, it's like, how much training have I been able to recover? You know, because you never really know until you race. So my workouts have been good, but the goal is just to see how fast I can get. I think I'm fit for at least 14 flat. I think getting the national record should definitely be in the cards. It's just a matter of how fast the race goes, who's in it and who has it that last mile.
3: Yeah, well, we're definitely excited to see what you put together over this weekend. Now, both of you guys, you're less than six months away from graduating from Newberry Park, and you guys have accomplished so much. Some historical historical things have happened, especially at the national level. Leah, let me start with you. How are you planning on making the most of this last outdoor season that you have?
2: Um, I mean, that's a good question. I feel like I haven't really explored all of my potential on track yet for whatever, for one reason or another, I've had different track seasons where like I've been out for sickness or injuries or this or that. So like, I'm really hoping to have a pretty complete season this year. And with that, I think that like, I just want to really commit myself to every race I'm in and make sure that like I'm exploring different events and races. So then like I can walk away from high school knowing that, you know, I really put myself out there in this race or in that race and I can, you know, walk away pretty satisfied.
3: Lex, how about for you?
2: I think it's, it does really feel weird to be this close to graduating, but we have done so much. It's just about like that last little cherry on top. You know, we it's senior season, so we are the the oldest guys out there unless like, you know, there's other seniors, but like it's all about just any of those last little things that we couldn't get other years that we want to get. So like for me, I would love to try and run a fast outdoor 5K and and maybe click off that 5K record that I was just off last year. Maybe I don't know if time will let it, but maybe that an indoor 3K, that would be pretty close considering I was less than like a tenth of a second away from Nico's record. But it's just like those little things that like you just want to shoot for in that last chance.
0: Interesting. So you might hold on after New Balance to maybe get one more opportunity in the 3K if it's there
2: yeah i think it just depends on whether or not we can find a place to race it because for me it's like i don't really see a reason why i can't just like intermingle indoor and outdoor it's not like they're like two completely different things like cross and track you know it's just the track is just half the length just i'm if i'm training for like 5k or two mile why not just go race a 3k in the mix you know
0: yeah well you guys I've, i've never wanted to do things that are completely linear last year, you didn't compete in the CIF because that didn't really fit what your plan was. This year, the roadmap might look the same. It's atypical for most high schoolers, but for you, it's going to work. Uh, Can you talk to us a little bit about um, why you want to pursue maybe a a different route outside the CIF, which is, you know, a traditional plan for most high schoolers and and why that
2: will make an impact for you, Leo? Um, Well, I think the thing is like, for SCIF in California, there's a large number of rounds, which means, like, basically throughout, like, I think all of May and most of, in a lot of June, you're basically bogged down racing every week. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just that, like, in Cal, like, there's, we'd be able to hit, or we'd be able to race a lot more competition, and, like, we'd be able to um, go up against so many different athletes if we take the alternative route, which is, like, the invitationals at the time, and, um, And I think for us, like in thinking about like when we want to like race our best, it's better for us to not have to do like a race every single Saturday, trying to make it through the rounds versus um, just training and getting fitter. So I think, yeah, that's why. Yeah. I think if CIF was structured a little differently, like say they had, you know, a list, like just the top 12, like say like indoor nationals for the NCA where you just qualify based off a of time, I think it'll be different because then it's like, oh, if I've already run a fast time, like last year my two mile PR was like 835. So instead of having to go every single week running like 855 or nine flat just to make it there, which would, like Leo said, result in a lot of toll on your body, it'll be, I think, better for the athletes and allow for faster performances if there is just a different qualifying method well then you get your qualifying time and just show up on June whatever and then you're really in peak fitness to run what what would be a great state meet like maybe they have the top six uh qualify based off of time so of the california top six fastest get to have an auto bid and then maybe the other 10 spots you can earn by qualifying through like a normal method of qualifying it's just just an idea
0: (laughs) it seems logical enough
1: (laughs) that's right now You know, looking at these last four years, you know, it's really been charmed seasons for, you know, you guys and your teammates at Newberry Park. But, you know, all that success, it didn't just happen, you know, to be where you're at. You had to train, you know, exhaustively and put in the work. And Lex, I'll start with you. But, you know, how rewarding has it been to see your work consistently pay off, you know, with every new season?
2: it's extremely rewarding i mean that's one of the things that i think draws a lot of runners to the sport it's such a like direct connection between the work you put in and what you get out and it's it, there's obviously ups and downs you, you know injuries are are rough they they hurt a lot of runners and it's it's difficult to get through but when you get some consistent training in there you nail the hard workouts and you get to see the benefit in a race and have a time that you're proud of it's that's Really, I think why we all do it, it just feels it's so rewarding. There's so much just pride in it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Leo, any other thoughts?
2: No, I mean, he he said that perfectly. It's just such the the strong correlation between what you put in and what you get out. Mm
3: -hmm. That's one thing I love about track and field. You put the effort in, you get to see it later down the road. So I have a two-part question here. The first part of it, I like we're huge fans of you guys. What is your favorite moment that you two have together as brothers, whether it's on the track or whether it's on the cross country course and Leo, I'll start with you.
2: Um, I think just like the day-to-day routine of training together and especially like making YouTube videos together, because like then we're documenting and capturing our experiences, um, together. And then we edit that video up and we post it. And then it's like, it's not just out there for everyone else to see, but also for us to look back on. And I think that that's a really cool thing. You know, often we'll look back and watch um, maybe a video from a year ago and just kind of reflect on the moments. And that's like a project that we created together, which is pretty cool. Mm
3: -hmm. Now, Lex, do you agree? Or is there other moments that you can think of that you're like, I can remember this for a lifetime with my brother?
2: Well, I think specific to me and Leo, the YouTube channel is like, as true as it gets, just Cause that is just Lex and Leo and everything we make in on our channel is just a collaboration between the two of us. And I don't, I can't imagine living without that.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, what special moments do you guys have that you guys can think of that you've had with Newberry park as a team?
2: I would say like last season when it was, uh, when it was all just like me, Leo, Colin and Aaron, just like coming through one, two, three, four at like the state, me at the invitationals and, and then almost at nationals, like those moments were very spectacular and it's, it's rare to see that. And it, yeah, that will, I'll never forget those.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, just kind of on that same line with your YouTube channel, how have you guys worked toward building your voice and the audience around that channel as well?
2: Um, I think that really it comes down to like a main focus being authenticity you know, like we're trying to portray our running and our um, our training and stuff as it is, you know, like if we're working really hard to train and to get faster, we're going to show that, you know, we're not going to play it down and say, oh, I don't do anything, but I run fast, you know, we're going to show people how show them we work hard and show the results that it brings so that's just a more authentic portrayal and I think that same thing goes with like our mentalities going into races and stuff we try to talk about what's going on what's going through our minds and um and just really give people kind of like we want to try to give them like a window into like what goes on at Newberry Park and like how like the training works how the culture is and stuff like that
0: it's had an impact i mean when you go to races uh people know who you are and they they come up to you they they try to talk to you i mean how have you sort of dealt with that sort of like insular fame in some capacity like what's it been like for you two to kind of see that and deal with it
2: i think it can definitely be like a little overwhelming at some points but in general i think it's just really good it's uh it shows that what we're, we're doing is having an impact people relate they connect to us and i think it I think inspires a lot of people. I've heard a lot of amazing stories come out of it. And it's just like being having let for people to be able to have others that they can watch online who show kind of pave a path kind of how Nico did for us, I think is, is really great because then all of a sudden, you know, these, these runners, they can watch what we're doing. They can emulate it. They can, they can train hard and see that hard work can pay off and, at meets there will be a lot of people coming up to talk to us but we love talking to them you know because it's like they support what we're doing we want to support what they're doing it creates a really good community of runners i think
1: yeah you've definitely kind of created this community and become almost these like larger than life figures yourself you know um but okay now Bring you guys down back to earth a little bit. Miles, we'd like to ask, you know, our guests a lot what their favorite <laughs> music tastes are. So I have to know, of you two, who do you think has the better music taste? And then you may, maybe it's similar, I don't know. But like, who do you think has the best music taste of you two? I That's-
2: mean, I think, I mean, we did that like Spotify <laughs> blended thing between the two of us. And I think we had something like a 90, 90- Eight percent match. Oh god! So, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, the thing is, like, we drive to school with each other every single day. So, like, usually, if one of us is like, "Dude, I found this awesome album," the other one's like, "Oh, awesome! I'll listen to it." You know, like, we tend to we tend to enjoy similar music. But um, I think that there's really not there's not really one of us that has like better or different mu- or better or worse music taste. It's just like kind of together we show each other different music tastes to kind of like bring each other up. Oh, the bell's going. Oh well. Don't <laughs> worry. Does that mean you gotta go, or are you good? Are you good? No, it means. Well, it means now. It means we don't have to be anywhere now. <laughs> no, I think it's like fifteen <laughs> okay. minutes. All right, fifteen minutes till the next class. Cool, okay. Yeah.
1: Well, perfect. Since y'all don't have anywhere to go, then then we thought we'd end this interview kind of like a, with in a little fun way. So there's this. I don't know if y'all have seen it, but there's kind of this popular trend on social media, like more of a TikTok trend, where You'll kind of have family members together in a room, and like, you know, there's a sound or a narrator, and it like asks like a question, like, you know, this person is, you know, the most funny. And then you point to whoever you think is the most funny, whether it be yourself or, you know, the other person. So does that make sense? Like, well, I'll go through some, you know, rapid fire list of questions, and you guys are going to do that. Does that work?
2: Yeah, sure. Okay, cool.
1: All righty, <laughs> let's get to it. So, first, this person is the most competitive.
2: Yeah, probably both of us. Oh, so they—they they b- you both
1: think you're the most competitive,
2: okay? That's, I don't think Lex is That's more competitive. That's perfect. We're competing over who's the most competitive.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. This person is more serious. Okay. Okay. So, Leo, more serious. Okay. got that one. Yeah,
2: definitely. yeah. You got to make sure your finger can be seen.
1: <laughs> All right, this person is always early to practice.
2: I'm not always early. You always want to be. Yeah, that's because you're, so like...
1: you're the tryhard that's always going to get there early to practice. Okay, I see. Um, now this person has the strongest kick.
2: <laughs> that's we the can't see your mind. finger,
0: Leo. Oh, <laughs> I don't I know if you're pointing. I don't think <laughs> oh, it's.
2: Well, I think it's just out of the two of us, though. That's okay. the whole point. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you just ran, like, the fifth fastest all-time, 1,500, so I get that yeah. one there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Which of y'all is the most creative? Okay, okay. So, Lex, you're kind of running the the YouTube creative side of things? Okay. Got
2: it. Yeah. Definitely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. This is definitely a Corey question here. This person here has the (laughs) best movie knowledge, which of y'all is like the movie buff.
2: We both love movies. you You probably research it more. Really? I was going to say you would, but uh, maybe.
1: Okay, interesting. Well, I think
2: you know the movie we're watching. Oh, yeah. I always like to research what we're watching.
1: (laughs) Now, this person spends more time on their hair in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what's 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 the hair what's the hair uh, routine the
2: treatment yeah. yeah what
1: is it what do you do
2: hair routine uh people get mad when i say this but i just i don't do anything i don't put anything in it i just wake up and i just like i sometimes i'll comb it usually i just i just go like this a couple times and then no but he goes into the school bathrooms during the break splashes some water on his hands and then starts doing his hair he Perpetual- looks like yeah but i don't put it on, slick yeah, yeah
1: okay Okay. so lex okay. just naturally good hair all right now this well i guess we already answered this one you both think you have pretty similar music taste then we'll get into the last question here this person is the most studious
2: i think i am well you probably study more but that doesn't mean you're smarter or get better grades yeah. No. <laughs> they're not, not correlated the que- that wasn't no. the question yeah no. yeah no.
1: Well, all right, guys. That was
2: a question. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for doing that with us, that kind of little fun segment there to end it. Thanks again, Lex and Leo Young, for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. And best of luck with the rest of your outdoor season.
0: Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. For us. Y'all can log off after that. Thanks.
1: All right. So now that was a great interview there with Lex and Leo. But let's move on to the week that was. And we had. Some of the final state championship meets of the indoor season take place in New York, Ohio, and Kentucky, along with the meet of champions in New Jersey, and more outdoor track and field competition. We will discuss what went down over this weekend, and Olivia, I'll begin with you. You know, Out of this jam-packed you know, weekend, what did you find that really excited you?
3: There was a lot of action that took place over this weekend as we discuss leading into the show i'm going to kick things off in new york at the new york indoor state championships and i think we talked about this last week the most anticipated race of the weekend from that meet was in the girls 1500 and that featured kate putman of cns and she was able to defend her state title. She ran a personal best of 423.78 to set a new best and be ranked in the top 10 in the country in this event. She also anchored her team to a second place finish in the 4x8 with a 209 split, y'all. She was moving. And in that race was also sophomore uh, sophomore Zerial Machia, of William Floyd. She set a best, a new lifetime best of 426. And Emily Bush was third of Saratoga Springs with a 429. Now, also at that meet was Carrie Beloga, and she won her third consecutive 3K title and she improved on her US number two time. She ran a 922.09 for new best and guess what guys she was also the anchor leg on her four by eight team from for Cornwall and she split 208 so these girls were definitely moving in the relays for sure in New York now just looking into the boys side and the boys 3200 meters you had Colin Gilstrap he dipped under nine minutes for the second time In his career and he won the title with an 858 66 he was just off his personal best of 857 39 which he ran to qualify for his qualifier meet so he just put everything together there for damn preps Jalen Santagio claimed the 300 meter title with a US top 15 performance of 34 14. We also have to talk about the field event as well. Cameron Cole, who's just been on our radar of Webster Schroeder, continued her undefeated season in the high jump as she cleared 5'9". And then in the long jump, she had a leap of 19 feet five and a half inches. Her teammate, Corianta uh, Griffith, finished third in the long jump and won the triple jump title with a huge, massive leap there, 40 feet 10 and a half inches there. Now, I also... As we talked about, there was a lot of indoor things going on, but we have to talk about what happened at the outdoor track. Akela Garrett, y'all, she just put it all together. She made her 100-meter hurdle debut at the East Mech home meet where she clocked a 1296. There was no win indicated there, but nonetheless, y'all, she became the first female in North Carolina state history, and she was the ninth girl in high school history to break 13 seconds in the short hurdles under all conditions. Here is that race. First one to the hurdle, and the rest was history there. Just really separated herself. Look at that clean form o- over all the hurdles. And it was just super spectacular. So, th- those were the events. New York and Akela Garrett-,
1: Garrett really caught my eyes over the weekend. Yeah, those were some awesome moments. Corey, what caught your eye this weekend?
0: I'm going to go rapid fire here. I uh, have the <laughs> Ohio Indoor State Championships where a lot happened, um, quite simply. And I'm just going to go through a litany of them. Effa Pashka, uh, 456 in the 1600 meter, really good mark there. She ultimately battled with Katie Clute in the 3200 meters. And Katie Clute, underrated athlete, continues to be underrated, ends up winning that race in 1032. I think we got to give her some respect because she's definitely earning it. Camden Bentley. US number four in the 60 meter hurdles already had a state record. She ran 8.44 seconds in the hurdles in the prelims, 8.46 in the finals. Really good effort there. And we just have a TikTok of her up on our our account recently. Connor Ackley doubled in the 16 and the 32. We went 407 and 904. Uh, The Lancaster Boys uh, ended up going 748 in the 4x8, which is flying. And then Jaden Douglas in the 60-meter hurdles, 7-7-6. That's going to put him in the top 10 in the, the national rankings, and he's, he's a guy certainly to watch out for. As Olivia said, outdoors in full force now in a lot of states and have to bounce it around a little bit. In Florida, we had a epic Florida 100-meter showdown between our guys at American Heritage, Zamari Sanders and uh, Brandon Bennett and Kaj Baker. Kaj Baker coming in here after those guys go viral. Kosh Baker wins the 100 at the Ellis Elite 16 Invitational in 10.56 seconds. So a lot of great freshmen in Florida. Christian Miller went under 21 seconds at the River Relays Classic 20.78. Uh, at the Bowls Bulldog Classic, our guy Patrick Kuhn, 853. He did not touch the row, guys. He was, he was clean through that race. <laughs> we got Donovan Bradley in Texas, 300-meter hurdles, 37.12. That's a new U.S. number one. Brennan McHenry of Brophy College in Arizona cleared seven feet in the high jump. And Jace Posey, who I think we'll be talking about a little bit over this outdoor season, the son of James Posey, a huge Texas State champion last year. Uh, he went seven feet two in his first event. A lot of great things happening for him. One last one. John Scott Kendricks broke the Mississippi state outdoor record 17 feet and three quarters. Awesome job from him.
1: I like that rapid fire there. Lots of awesome performances. I'm going to take it back to the indoor competition Northeast for a second and talk about the New Jersey meet of champions that happened. And I'll kind of go rapid fire too. I'll try to shorten this up a little bit here. So we got what I think was probably the race of the day, which had to have been the boys 400. You have Xavier Donaldson of Seton Hall prep. He goes 4735 for a meet record in that event. That's number 5 all time in New Jersey and you also had two other guys who went under the former 48 26 meet record that's Bryce Tucker of Pensacon in second in 4750 and Alexander Stadikov of Ocean Township third in 48 flat so that you know that excitement was crazy and then that carried over into the 4 by 4 later for the boys where you had Pensacon upset Seaton Hall Prep in 315 which was a facility and meet record and one of the top times in the country so far This season. Now, looking on the girl side of the competition, probably the biggest highlights there had to be Union Catholic and Siani Wynn. They are the two headliners here. Wynn and Union Catholic combined for six of the nine track race wins at the meet. That's, I mean, that's just remarkable, I think, in my eyes. And if you look at Union Catholic, they went one, two, three in the 800, led by Peyton Hollis in 211. Taylor Cox goes U.S. number four in the 55 meter hurdles with a 788. And then the 4x4 went 352 for U.S. number 5, and they also won the 4x8. So, I mean, Union Catholic is such a big powerhouse. They continue to dominate on the girl side there. And then if you look at Wynn, she goes 7 flat in the 55 meters, and then she goes 2448 for the win in the 200. And she is only a freshman, guys. Like, that's just insane. She wins two titles at the meet of champs. The only girl to win two titles at meet of champs in its history and, you know, that's she's going to have to be someone that we watch continuing forth, you know, with the you know nationals this weekend and then going into outdoor as well. Now, guys, we reached the bulk of our show here today. Like I mentioned earlier, it is the first week of indoor nationals competition. And it's going to be some exciting stuff. Looking ahead to the weekend, we will have our national meet of the week, which is New Balance Nationals Indoor. And Courtney Olivia will be live on site in Boston providing coverage. But New Balance isn't the only meet happening this weekend. We will also have NSAF Nationals kicking off on Friday at the Armory in New York. So we'll have boots on the ground there as well. And so be sure to check out Mile Split throughout the weekend as it'll be your one-stop shop for all Nationals competition. But we figured we'd preview this big weekend by, you know, going through so many different races and just breaking down, like, what we expect to see and the athletes that should star on these National stages. So... We'll go through some rapid fire discussions here to analyze who and what competitions to pay attention to at New Balance and NSAF. So let's begin, how about that? Let's start with the boys 5K at New Balance Nationals Indoor. We spoke to Lex Young earlier. He will be the headliner here in this race and it's a pretty packed race. You're gonna have him potentially looking for 14 flats, sub 14 national record, who knows? You're gonna have other distance elites like Aiden Cox, Byron Grievous, Patrick Kuhn and Braden Seymour. So Corey, I'll start with you. What are you looking forward to most? And what do you think we can see from this field? You know, being led by Lex as well. Yeah,
0: I'm a little more confident in Lex just hearing from him. He seems, you know, pretty balanced and poised about it all, which, you know, it didn't seem like he had any nerves, which is good to see. The 5K in itself is a long race. So when you get into it, a lot can happen. We've seen them take place in previous iterations and, they they bounce around a lot, right? The paces modulate, and and it's tough to have sort of a consistent tone of a 5K. Hunter Jones, the last guy to do it really well last year, fourteen twenty, uh, number four all the time. As, as Olivia and I will talk about, Cheserek is the national record holder, thirteen five seven. Lucas Bekis, fourteen oh six. Those guys all were phenomenal. The differences between Jones, Cheserek, and Verspicus is is fields. Cheserek was in a pro field when he did it back in two thousand eleven. He wasn't even the guy that crossed the line first. The the guy who won that race was Bernard Bernard Lagat in thirteen oh six, I believe. So he was he was holding on. Veruspicus and Jones were ahead of their competitors by about thirty seconds or more. So they needed to take that race out and and really uh, put forth that effort. Now, when it comes to Lex and everyone else, Lex got to take this on himself if he wants to run fourteen flat or faster. He's gotta take on that himself and really be composed and poised about it all. Um when we look at him, he was able to do it in three K. Uh when he ran that seven fifty seven, he averaged four fifteen mile pace, right? For for this record, he would have to go somewhere in the range of four forty five for uh that distance. So I mean, I think it's possible he just gotta had a little bit more of distance to it, but you know, that's why we race these races and, and we go for these national championships.
1: Olivia, do you agree? How do you see this race unfolding, you know, in the 5K New Balance?
3: Yes, this is, I think, a really interesting race to just dive into a little bit more. The headline here is Lex is in the field, right? And going into the interview that we had with Lex and Leo, I was like, are we on record watch? And I think after the interview now, I can, I agree with Corey. I'm like, yeah, I think we could kind of say we are, you know, just hearing Lex in his confidence that like hey i think i can go out and run 14 flat you know I, it makes it even more interesting now Corey already talked about king chez has his record 357 and we've talked about leading into nationals like the longer we go in distance the more tactical it's going to be right because it's not always about time it's about being the national champion but i feel like with lex being in this field and as cory mentioned he's gonna have to really push the pace a bit he's gonna have to really pretty much take control of this race because not only is he going for the win, but he's going for a national record. And I feel like you just got to leave all the cards on the table for this. So, you know, Lex is coming off a really has a huge resume. He's coming off a really big championships with the USA track and field national cross country championships in January. He looks strong. He feels strong. So it's going to be a great race to watch
1: yeah i think i definitely agree with both you guys lex is going to be the headliner it's going to be his race and record to really go after if he really wants to set himself up for that but i wouldn't sleep on these two guys either aiden cox and byron grievous they're from the northeast and you know i could see them trying to you know get in the mix or at least kind of keep lex within sight as well grievous has gone 812 in the 3k at the bu last chance meet and then cox has gone 816 in the 3k as well this season so I got
0: a quick question how many guys are under 1430
1: oh good question
0: mm. I say four
1: I was gonna say like three yeah so like kind of in the, that same okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Three, right.
0: three,
2: four, three four five, five. all right
1: <laughs> all right well, we'll have to see on on Saturday after this one folds now switching gears to the girls side and probably one of the most eye-catching races to look for this weekend at New Balance has to be the girls 60 meters. Guys, this race is completely loaded. You know, it's, it's hard to go through the list and pick out all the elite athletes that are in this race, but some of the headliners have to be Shanti Jackson, Adesha Hodge, Micah Holland, Avery Lewis, Layla Campbell, Olivia Pace, Rain Redman. And I mean, frankly, the list goes on, you know, it'd be exhausting to get through it all. So Olivia, I'll begin with you. You know, if you're looking at this race, the 60 meters, what are you, you know, looking forward to most? If I,
3: I have not done this in a while, but this is my popcorn moment of the meet. It's this girl's 60 meters. It's the race. Like everybody that's in Boston needs to have a seat for this race. You're having the defending champion, the national 60 meter record holder, the Mount Bird Academy dynamic duo. They're finally, you know. By all means, they're making it into finals, right? They're going to be lining up against each other for the first time this season. Let's start off with Avery Lewis. I know she was just the athlete we had on the screen. She's been looking strong, especially toward the later half of this year. She won the Pennsylvania State Championship title with a 722. And every time she steps onto this track, she lowers her best. She ran a 727 to win this title last year. So this is your defending champion. On paper, Shanti Jackson, the national high school record holder at this event, ran a 716 at the Milrose game and she's setting all-time marks and national records left and right when it comes to the sprint so of course Shanti Jackson is a part of this conversation you cannot exclude Adeja Hodge and Micaiah Holland who both of them have actually ran four sub 30s in the 60 meters this year so regardless this is going to be something special for all the athletes that make it into this final and I'm saying that this is the event that we could potentially see another
1: national high school record fall. I'm just saying, like, it's going to be pure speed all the way across. Yeah, I'm actually going to piggyback off of one thing you said just a minute ago. You mentioned Adeja Hodge and Makaya Hall. And, you know, I think that if you look at those two athletes, you said they've gone consistently under 7.3 this season. They're two of the most consistent athletes. And if you look at this race, yes, Shanti, I feel like is, got to be the favorite but if anyone can challenge i think it is going to be those girls and especially in a star-studded field like you said they're going to be all towing the line finally together you know in one race and it's going to be exciting and you know i think these montford stars could really go after it as well Corey, what are your thoughts on this field
0: well they got to get there uh the rounds are no joke uh (laughs) athletes are usually left out um it takes a lot to get there so that's the first part you know getting to the line in the finals you know shanti certainly uh, i think has the fastest times and when you look at her resume you know she is the favorite but here is her moment i think you know you ran that t- that 200 that was like your statement your big fast statement here's your winning statement you got to go up against the defending champion as you said avery lewis who is no joke she just ran seven two two at the pennsylvania state championships which technically in a high school field, is faster than anything that Shanti has done against a high school field. Shanti's three fastest 60s have come against pros. So now she gets an opportunity to prove it against her peers. And I think that's that's awesome. That is an awesome moment. Get to the finals, prove it, boom, I did it. But I think when you look at the field, it, it really is one of the most loaded fields we've ever seen with, with Holland. Olivia Pace should be up there. Layla Campbell doesn't want to, you know, you know, be a silent observer too, right? And I think the, the part with Shanti that she has to keep in mind is that, like, she's a target for all these girls that have been watching her and and seeing that we've been talking about her all season long. And she's just got to realize that, right? And you can have all the physical ability in the world. You can have all the talent. You should be the, the person to win it. But then you have to have the poise and the composure to do it. And if you get all that stuff locked in, it's your game to win.
1: Well, we'll see what happens on the day as these girls go through the rounds in the 60 meters in one of the races to watch at New Balance Nationals. Now, let's shift gears for a second and focus on NSAF Nationals. And I think we all are in agreement here that one of the top races has to be the girls 200 meters. You're going to have Mia Brahe-Petterson, who is the new national record holder in the event this indoor season. And you're going to also have other athletes like Sophia Beckman, Nita Kumdazi, and I'm really excited for this one. I don't know about y'all, but Olivia, I'll start with you. You know, what are you looking forward to most? I know we've already talked to Mia some this season. What do you think she's going to do at NSAF? She's going to put all the pieces together, Ashley. This girl is
3: on fire. And if you have not seen the telestration up on Milesplit, you need to go check it out. Because she is just like, I see where I even, even in her national record breaking performance, she's like, I still see areas where I can improve. She had some time to put that work in, and we're going to see it happen in New York. Now, going into this meet specifically, I have two questions. Question number one is how fast is she going to go? As I mentioned, she's the new national high school record holder at this distance with a 22.89. That she did in Altitude. She did that in Albuquerque. One thing to consider here was in New Mexico, she had a push from Jaden Mays of Oregon to her inside. And like I said, she told us recently on one of our February episodes of On the Line, she wants to set it again. Like, I'm not a one hit wonder. I'm going to run it again this time at sea level. So my next question is how can she handle running against the clock for a national title and potentially dipping under that 2289 at sea level? I know Corey just talked about it with Shanti. Like she, you know, Mia had that opportunity of that push against collegiates now she's running against the high school kids how fast can she go and shanti as we talked about ran a 2291 at sea level and she became the third girl in high school history to dip under 23 seconds and that she did in south carolina so those are my big questions i have for mia how fast is she gonna go and how is she gonna handle going up for that national title and potentially dipping underneath 2289.
1: now corey obviously mia is the big story here but you know we still it's still a national championship right. meet, you know. Like how do you how do you see this playing out and you know what do you think could happen for not just me but the other competitors, you know, on the day?
0: Well, I I think that's a good point. It's a national championship and the favorite obviously is a heavy favorite, but that to me is scary in some ways because you could easily kind of rest on your laurels and say, "Hey, I've run this time already. I'm expected to run this time." Um and then you don't worry about the, the girls right next to you, um, and that's the fear I think you do you have when you run such a brilliant uh, performance, and that's something Mia has to, to focus on here. I, I think the field itself is going to to go after her. I don't, you know, they don't have the PRs to match her. So really, I think it's incumbent on Mia to really be focused on all the little details, try not to make mistakes when you're when you're out there and around, and and just try to be as flawless as you can. Uh, need to come Dazi of Texas uh I think is looking to probably break 24. Sophia Beckman looking to break 24. I think we might have a few girls that could be in there. Nobody's of Mia's caliber though so really it's on her and uh, that's a lot of pressure but I think she's the person that's got to win this go out there and do it.
1: Yeah and I think I'm also curious too you know obviously her national record came at altitude earlier this season so once she goes down to sea level I'll be curious to see you know just how fast she's going to go and in a different environment so we'll definitely be looking out for this 200 at NSAF Nationals. Now let's transition for a second to the boys side of things at NSAF and let's talk about the boys 2 mile because if you look at, you know, the events there on the boys side, that's probably one of the, you know, lo- most loaded events, you know, at that meet. And if you look kind of the storyline here, you have Hunter Jones coming to this event. He'll probably be the top seed there, but then you also have Noah Jenkins of Harriman. He had a great fall season you know for cross country and then jesuit the team from jesuit in uh new orleans they have four guys who could potentially look to get close to nine minutes there led by jack DeRoche. so corey you know when you look at this race you know you have a bunch of guys kind of looking for that nine minute mark you know what's going to be key for them going into this race so
0: hunter jones has run 845 he did that on a 300 meter uh track uh Noah jenkins nine zero six on a two hundred meter banked track. The difference with Noah was that he ran at elevation and here's where I think the conversion comes into play here if the conversion's really true, the conversion from final surge says he actually ran at eight fifty one so if you you look at Hunter's time, you put that on a two hundred you put Noah on a sea level uh like location. maybe we're equal here. maybe it's Noah and Hunter going toe to toe in this race at the front. I really. Do think it's going to come down to those two? Uh, the guy coming down from sea level might get a lot more oxygen in his lungs, and he might run a little bit better based on that. Hunter's going to have to battle, but we—the thing I love about Hunter when you watch him is—is is he looks like he's working a hundred percent. I mean, he literally looks like he's running through the gamut there on the track, and you can see it in his eyes. Um, so I do think he's going to fight for it. Other side story here, too. I don't know if you want to get into this, Ashley, but Jesuit's boys. Had, they have four boys entered. I think we got three possible to go under to go around nine minutes. And then I, I did spoke, speak to Cullen uh, yesterday, and he said another guy is kind of working back into fitness. But we could get three at nine. We could get another under 930.
1: That's right. Yeah. I mean, I think we should have like a can we have like a four by two mile event? Like I think Jesuit would, <laughs> would win that one there. Yeah. You know, they're led by Jack DeRoche. who's their top two mile guy. And like you said, coach Colin duty, you know, he thinks that, you know, three of his athletes, you know, a huge amount of athletes could go after that nine minute mark. And, you know, the guys behind him right there together. And to have that amount of distance talent, like, on one team is just it's remarkable you know i know you know me and corey went had the privilege to go down there and speak with them and see how they train you know down there in new orleans and they definitely have something special there so if they can work together you know as a pack you know that's the benefit too if you can work together as a pack in that sort of race that can help pull everyone along, and I, you know, I expect to see something really cool from Jesuit there. And I want to mention too briefly back to Hunter Jones. I got to see him compete at Michigan Indoor States a couple weeks back, and I spent a long time talking to his dad as well. And he's just a workhorse, you know. Like like you said, Corey. Like he he puts, you know, he wants to do everything he can to push himself to the limit. You know, he tripled at Michigan Indoor States, and I feel like if there's any guy who can, you know, go after a really fast mark here, it's going to be Hunter Jones. Um, but Olivia, what are your thoughts here, you know, on this loaded field? Yeah, Ashley,
2: you
3: brought up a very valid point when it comes to the Jesuit team, like the fact that there's so much depth when it comes to that distance squad. And I think the key for them is like you mentioned, running in that pack, pushing the pace a little bit more. Again, we, we've we talked about it, like it gets a little, gets a little crazy when you get to nationals. And the, the main objective is to win the title, not necessarily the time, but here's an opportunity where these athletes could really push the limits, really push themselves here a little bit more. Hunter Jones, we, we all agree, this guy's a workhorse. This guy knows how to put everything out on the table. This guy's always working. So I'm excited to see what Hunter jo- Jones does here, especially getting the, from the pressure from the Jesuit boys. It's going to be an interesting race.
1: Yes, we'll be excited to see how that unfolds now. We spent some time talking about some individual events, but now let's shift to to the relays for a second because we have some exciting action going on at the national meets this weekend. So let's shift to New Balance where we'll have, I know Olivia's had her eye on this race for quite some time, it's the boys <laughs> four by 200 meters and you're going to have Archbishop Carroll, IMG Academy, Bullish School, Union Catholic, I mean some loaded programs. So fittingly, Olivia, let's start with you. How do you see this, you know, playing out this weekend?
3: I'm gonna need a refill with the popcorn. This is my <laughs> refill popcorn moment. This boy's four by two, after I saw them compete at Archbishop Carroll, compete at the VA showcase, I told y'all, I was like, we need to have this 4 by 2 on national high school record watch. Like, it needs to be part of this list. The national record is one twenty five sixty, which was set by the Bullis School back in 2019. And Archbishop Carroll right now is the team to beat. They have the target on their back from Washington, D.C. They're the fastest team in the country. You have Desmond Starks, Nicholas Harbour, the five-star football recruit, one of the top sprinters in the nation. You have Drew Dillard on there, Marcus Brown. That was that anchor leg there at the VA showcase. And they ran a 126-42, y'all, by themselves. Literally, it was like they were in space doing their whole thing. So I'm excited to see how they respond to the competition, especially that they're going to get. You're also going to have IMG Academy in this mix. As Ashley mentioned, they're the fir- third fastest team in the country right now. And because of that wonderful facility that they have in Florida, they've been able to put a relay team together. And they ran a 127.80. Now this year it's gonna be interesting because Bullis has not put really a four by two together and they're gonna have some athletes to kind of pick from to put out there onto the track to really do something special. And again, Union Catholic always has a team that comes out strong. So this four by two, Archbishop Carroll, I feel like is the headline going into this meet, and we're on officially on National High School record watch.
1: Corey, do you agree that Archbishop Carroll is the relay team to watch or do you have your eye on someone else? Well, I
0: mean, yeah, I agree they are the relay team that comes in here with the best time. National record watch? No, I do not agree with that. Um, Are you kidding me? (laughs) What? (laughs) No, no, I'm not kidding you. Uh, I will support my guy uh, Joe Lee here from the Bull School. What's up, Joe Lee? Um, You look at that national (laughs) performance uh, from back in the day, 125.60 was the time. You said it yourself, Olivia. You said they were by themselves when they last ran that 4x2. They won't be by themselves here, in the 4x2. There's going to be some action on the track besides them. And I think that impacts the way a race is ultimately run. I mean, the 4x2 is a lot about positioning across um, the the event. And all your guys have to run optimally to, to, to in order for you to get to that, that point. So they're going to face their stiffest competition they've seen so far. And I think that's going to ultimately impact the way the race is i don't which means i don't think it goes fast as fast as as they would like so they are the fastest in the country but i think there's going to be got there's going to be teams that can get in between them to prevent them from getting that national record that's just my opinion here
1: i think i kind of agree with you on that sense where you know it it could happen but again with all that competition we'll just we'll just have to see you never know it could happen on the day or I think looking at you know potentially an upset here, I'll de- deviate from both of y'all. I want to focus on IMG Academy. I'd say they're my sleeper pick here, but you know in a realistic sense they really aren't much of a sleeper. They've gone one twenty seven eighty for U.S. number three this season, so they're one of the top teams coming in, and they're the only team that's gone faster than them in this field is Archbishop Carroll. All top three of their guys have gone under twenty two seconds in the two hundred this year, led by Dylan Woodruff with a twenty one fifty nine. So, and I think too, like if you look at these Florida teams, you know, they have the benefit of having an indoor season for like, you know, one of the first times and getting, you know, with that new facility in Gainesville. So they've had the opportunity to, you know, test the waters out on the indoor track and really prep going into, you know, national competition. So I'm really curious to see here how that will benefit IMG on the day and the boys four by two. So nonetheless, whether it's a national record or not, we'll be excited to see what happens there. Now shifting over to the girls relays. I know we have been talking about this relay for quite some time this indoor season, but the girls four by eight at New Balance Nationals is going to be insane. Like the the field is so loaded. You're going to have the Cutherson girls, Chelsea Bowles, IMG Academy, Ann Arbor out of Michigan, and Union Catholic. And you know of all the probably the relay races that we've talked about this season. We've really hyped up that, hey, this could be the moment where we actually do see a national record, realistically. So, Corey, what do you think we're going to see here on this day, you know, of these ladies out there on the track?
0: I mean, this is this is the moment. <laughs> this is the time. We've talked about it. The moment of truth for Cuthbertson. And, and I, I love it. We've been building up. This is how it's supposed to be. You build up that narrative. And then when you get to that point, it's all about... Executing and even if you don't get there, it's like that's part of the process of doing that. But I think they legitimately will have a chance to do it. Um eight fifty one is a time on the clock. I think what what will it take? It takes all of them being relatively consistent. They can't have one really falling off, and if one falls off, they have to have one really outstanding runner. Then can we see a, a sub two ten runner here for Cuthbertson? I think it's possible. I like Charlotte Bell. I think Charlotte Bell is their their their, their stud uh, out of that lineup and can really put down something special. But I saw Ann Arbor last year. Ann Arbor's got two girls back from that team. I wouldn't sleep on them necessarily because they have proven it, obviously. They know how to get it done. So um, you got teams like that. And, and Uni-Catholic, I think, has to be mentioned here. Uni-Catholic is a, a steadfast program.
1: Olivia do you agree here? Do you think this is Cuthbertson's race to lose, or do you see other you know teams coming up in the mix as well? I definitely see Cuthbertson being the heavy hitter here, as
3: Corey mentioned this has been a fantastic team Just, Justine persano, uh, Stella Kermit Charlotte Bell, and Alicia persano have been this squad. I feel like since the beginning. what's interesting enough here and I feel like we have to note to this is they opened up their outdoor season already with an eight forty eight Uh, at their home opener, like at a home meet, just out there doing their thing outdoors. Outdoors. Right, exactly. And number five, all time run in a new North Carolina state record. And I feel like they're they're also the indoor state record holders in a US number seven with an 857. So just Putting that all together, it's just I feel like this team has already just alluded that they're like they already know they probably have the targets on their back and they know they're gonna have to put everything together to make sure they come away with this title. I think Cuthbertson is the team to be. And, you know, I'm not gonna count out Union Catholic. They just went 904 at the Milrose games, and as Corey mentioned, Ann Arbor went 918 last month. So there are gonna be teams that are going to be in this mix, but I think Cuthbertson's gonna be the team that comes up on top.
1: Now, I know y'all know that Cuthbertson's my team here, and, you know, I think, I definitely think they can put the pieces together, but I've been, you know, texting back and forth a little bit with their coach, Kirk Walsh, and, you know, he texted me immediately after they ran that 4 by 8 outdoor opener, 848, and he was kind of said, like, just a dress rehearsal today, so, you know, <laughs> if that's a dress rehearsal, if that's a tune-up for Nationals, then, like, I feel like they're ready, they're fit. Like, if you know, I think if they can put together the pieces on the day, like they've shown, All throughout the season, then I think that national record could go down in the girls four by eight at New Balance. So those are two of the relays that we have our eyes on. But now let's shift back for a second to NSAF indoors. And we have a loaded race in the girls' mile. And I want us to discuss that for a minute here. You have some of the top distance athletes in the entire country in this race. You're gonna have Carrie Beloga, Sophia Goriron, Zarial Machia, Mia Proc, and Irene Riggs. Guys, those are like some historic names right there. This may be like the the race that has the most you know all timers in a field. So, Olivia, how do you see this unfolding with so many great athletes? Like, it's it's so hard to pick who's gonna win this race. I feel like. It is
3: very difficult for for me at this very moment to be like, I feel like this is the the favorite going into this race. As you mentioned, all these ladies have historical names behind them, and I feel like this is definitely going to be the showstopper for sure. Sophia has been pretty much unstoppable this whole season at the, the high school level in the miles. She's just been putting everything together. I feel like she's going to be the one that's going to, you know, she's going to be pushing, you know, and again, she's going to have the – cross-country national champion and the Gatorade athlete of the year, Irene Riggs, that's also in this mix. And last year she ran a personal best of 4.48 to finish eighth at New Bounds National indoors And I feel like after the season that Irene is having, she's set up to have a really great performance. You also can't forget Carrie Bologa. This girl has just been on fire. We saw at the New York Indoor State Championships where she, you know, split a 208 in the four by eight us number two in the 3k with a 922 and also has a best of 443 uh where she finished sixth last year at the national level all of these girls have raced at the highest level you possibly can at the high school level they've all competed at nationals they know what it takes i i really don't know who is going to win this race to be quite honest with you i feel like all these girls have the potential it's going to be whoever
1: can put it all together on that day Corey, do you feel a more kind of Clear cut on how you think this race is going (laughs) to develop?
0: Yeah, I do. Sophia. Sophia is going to win the race. Uh, I'm willing to put my uh, marbles on it, Uh, Mm. basically. uh, I'll put my bet on that. Uh, Goriron is going to win the race. Um, I think over the course of the season, I've been sort of like kind of hesitant to outright say she's been the best in some of these events. I'll just come out and say it here in the mile. I think she beats all these girls. I don't think she – I don't think she – pushes the pace I don't think she sets the tone I think she lets others do the work first um she's smart enough to know that I think all these girls are smart enough to know that like you don't really want to put yourself in that position early on because that could ultimately hurt you in the end um will it be a fast race that's debatable based on that very fact I mean I think the win here is going to be important can Mm -hmm. I I think if all goes well it is a fast race, and if that is the case, then I do think we could see somewhere under 435. Um, I think we could get in four thirty-four, 430, thirty-two territory specifically because uh, Irene's ran 437 outdoors. Uh, Beloga's ran 447, I think, indoors. I mean, Sophia's ran 437. They're all capable of doing it. It's just a matter of will they be in a position to do that. And I think Sophia's a late race um kind of racer, right? She surges at the right moments toward the end of, mm-hmm. of, of that, th- those events. So um, I'm gonna pick Sophia in here and she beats Irene and, and Carrie.
1: Yeah, I think I'd probably give Sophia the slight edge too, especially like you mentioned, probably in the later stage of the race, she can really tap into that, you know, that power that she has, that speed that, you know, maybe some of these other more endurance, you know, distance oriented athletes may not have that same sort of, you know, thing to tap into as well. But I'm honestly really curious to see, you know, what Irene Riggs, honestly, is really going to do. You know, she, we haven't seen her run a mile on the track, you know, since her historic cross-country season. She competed at World u Twenty Cross, you know, just last month. She's gone 945, you know, in the 32 earlier this season. And, you know, I think that's an interesting matchup between her and Sophia because you kind of have, you know, like I mentioned, like speed versus endurance. And they're both, you know, very, very talented all-timers. But I think in the end, it's going to be like, you know, whose strategy maybe, you know, does the best on the day, given the race? You know, I think that'll be exciting to watch. For one, sure. one
0: example I think could be a case here, though, is, you know, Leo. Leo came off his, his yep. race at Australia and he didn't really flinch. So I don't really think that will impact Irene in the way that maybe we think it will. I think she'll have it uh, when race comes.
1: That's a good point. That'll be exciting to see. Could be one of the biggest races of the weekend. So we'll be have our eyes on that for sure. Now, we've been talking a lot about the races to watch, but we also are going to have some really exciting field event action as well at both New Balance and NSAF. So I want us to focus for a minute on one athlete, you know, in the field that we are really excited to see that we think could have a really big performance. Corey, let me begin with you. What is your biggest field event athlete to watch
0: here? I'm a bad example because I'm, I'm picking an event. I'm picking a number. Boy shot put <laughs> 70 feet. I think in the shot put Based on the guys that we have in the field, we're going to get to 70 feet. We have Jacob Cookingham, who's U.S. number one. Luke Himes, U.S. number two. Hayden Dixon, U.S. number three. Rodney Laura, U.S. five. And Benjamin Shu, who should be talked about. He's coming off, I believe, basketball or wrestling season. He was a wrestler. So he's definitely in the mix here too. But um, Cookingham's thrown 67-4.5. Uh, I think when you put uh all all those talented throwers in the ring together and you work off that energy energy is a huge uh b- like beneficial value add for throwers and i think it ultimately aids in their production so i think we're going to get somebody at 70 it'll probably come on the fourth fifth or the sixth or fourth fifth of the sixth throws
1: well, Corey, you took that in a different direction than we know. intended. But <laughs> Olivia, I know you picked one athlete in particular, like we talked about. So, Olivia, who's your athlete to watch in the field events this weekend? See,
3: I understood the assignment. But Corey, <laughs> you brought up some valid, valid points here. But I'm going to highlight Juliette Laura Loriswente-Hübner from Ohio. Y'all, this girl is a triple threat, okay? She's going to be, well, quadruple. In the field, she's going to be competing in the high jump the long jump and the triple jump. This girl's coming off the Ohio State Indoor Championships. She won all of her events, all the field, high jump, long jump, triple jump, and she won the six meter hurdle title. And she scored 40 points for her team to win the team title by herself, which is super incredible. Now, the reason why I say she's a triple threat is because this girl's ranked in the top five in the country when it comes to the jumps. In the high jump, she's cleared 5'9" which ties for U.S. number four. In the long jump, she's jumped 20 feet, three and three quarters of an inch. That's U.S. number four. In the triple jump, she's leaped 41 feet, eight and three quarters of an inch to be U.S. number five. This girl is literally just putting all the pieces together. So she has an opportunity this upcoming weekend in Boston to win those three individual titles in the the field event. Now she's also going to be competing in the 60 meter hurdles. She's us number 18 there with an 8:56. And honestly, I had a chance to listen to her post race interview from the Ohio state championships. And she's like, I'm going for three individual titles and I'm making the finals in that 60 meter hurdle. So Juliet's going to be all over the track, all over Boston. (laughs) She's going to be all
1: over at the track. So Juliet's definitely that athlete to look out for when it comes to the field. Yeah, Juliet's no joke. I mean, that's a rare kind of athlete to find there. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to go back kind of like what Corey did on the shot put there, but I'm going to focus on the girl shot put. And I'm really curious to see what Mencee Stiff of Brentwood Academy in Tennessee is going to do. She is headed to NSAF Nationals in the girl shot put. She is the defending champion there in the event. And she has led the nation all season long in the girl shot with her 52-5 and a quarter throw back from January. The indoor national record is 57.5 57.5 and a half from Alyssa Wilson in 2017. I'll just, you know, put that out there. Who knows? You know, she could inch up the all-time list for sure. She's currently at number nine all-time thanks to her fifty-two eight and three-quarters winning throw from NSAF Nationals last year. So I'm really curious to see what she does. We haven't seen her compete a whole bunch, but, you know, she's one that's really proven to be good on the national stage. So we'll see what happens when, you know, she's fighting for a national title. Now let's shift back to the track for a minute and that's kind of we're going through the kind of the final races we're looking forward to this weekend at nationals and let's talk about the boys 400 at New Balance Nationals and if you look at this kind of similar to a lot of the other races it's just loaded with some of the you know, top talents in the nation you're going to have people like Quincy Wilson, Shamar Hurd, Zaire Nerdin, and the list goes on. And I feel like the boys 400 is a race that we've been hyping all indoor season kind of, you know, are people going to reach that 46 low, you know, sub 46 mark? You know, we've been hyping that up. And, you know, Olivia, with some of these really talented guys in the mix, how do you think that the 400 will play out?
3: this 400 is going to be another race that everyone needs to be packed in at the track to watch. I feel like the biggest name, not the biggest name, but the athlete that a lot of people I think are going to gravitate to the most is going to be Zaire Nerden. This guy finished last year as the number one sprinter, in in the nation, not just Florida, and this guy's from Mountain bird Academy. He's always been there. This year, he's always been there. Ended the 2022 season with a 4604. This season, he's his fastest time is 4706. So he's the second fastest sprinter so far this season, and he could potentially lower that. Now, I want to highlight Quincy Wilson here of the bullet School in Maryland. I think he's the wild card here, and I honestly can see him sneaking into that top three spot here he has the experience of competing at high pressure situations especially with his his journey through AAU junior olympics he's the fastest freshman with the 4703 he's currently us number five and he's also has that strength in the 500 and the 600 which he actually leads the freshman class in however there's other guys that are going to be in this mix as you mentioned ashley and most of these guys are ranked in the top 10 in the nation U.S. number seven is Bryce Tucker. Over the weekend, he clocked a 47.50 to finish second at the New Jersey Meet of Champions. Then you have Jake Andrews, who's also in this mix. He's clocked a 47.28 to be U.S. number four. And, of course, we cannot leave out Shamar Hurd. He ran a 48.43 personal best at the lab. Like, the list just keeps going on and on with these top contenders. But I really feel like Zaire Nerdin, I think just coming back from what he did last year, I think people are waiting to see what he can do in his final Indoor national championships. So that's how I think it's going to unfold a little bit. It's just so much is going on, but I think Zaire has the biggest target on his back.
1: Corey, what's it going to take for one of these guys to come away with the win again? And like Olivia outlines, like, you know, such a loaded field.
0: I mean, you have to run your race, obviously. In order to win, you got to run your race. But I think, you know, the bigger question for me is time. Like, I, I know that like winning a national title is important, but We really haven't had anybody under 47 seconds. And the one guy who's been under it has been under that by two hundredths of a second. So we haven't seen it. Uh, Will we finally get it? If I'm an athlete going into this and I go in prelims, that's where I want to put down a really good performance. Make the finals your race. Try to win. But make the prelims maybe your moment to get that big time. And I think we got a host of guys that can do it. Jake Andrews comes to mind specifically uh, because uh, we had uh, two USA US. SC guys to go 1-2 last year, Justin Braun and William Jones. And uh, Jake is a USC signee. So a little parallel um, storyline there. But I think ultimately it will come down to Noridan and Wilson, as Olivia pointed out. Uh, Wilson is the the phenom freshman. Noridan is the senior. I don't think we're getting to 46-0. I'll say that. But I do think we're getting to 46. Um, Noridan is kind of a a second-half runner in the four hundred. And I think he needs to to make sure that he has that second half left in a race like this. But um, I think it's going to be fun. One interesting note about Quincy Wilson, Joe Lee calls him his athlete A. He assigns sort of number or uh, letters to his underclassmen. And Quincy's athlete A at Bullitt School. So we'll see if athlete A can get a W here at and and i
1: should we start assigning like letters for ourselves too like you know i could be athlete a you yeah know? go for it go for it <laughs> uh, i like that now i think i agree on you know every all the points y'all brought up you know i do think it probably will come down to zaire and quincy but i want to olivia mentioned this guy i want to I wouldn't count Shamar Hurd out either. You know, I Mm-mm. talked with him extensively in Michigan. I saw him out there when he was competing for 16 Ways Track Club. He ran the 4x4 and the 4x2, and I believe he split – I mean, obviously it's a relay, but he split like 46 point on that, and he's gone 48 uh, high this season. But he's also the Michigan Outdoor State record holder in this event, so he knows how to run a 400 really well. So I would throw Hurd into that mix as well, but we'll see what happens on the day and whether or not we'll get, you know – or you know where it where it falls so we'll be excited to see what happens there now lastly we will we have come down to our final race analysis you know going into the championship weekend and at new balance nationals we're going to have a loaded girls two mile race you're going to have some of the top talents in tatum david jillian boucher abby nekineki Ellie Shea, I mean, the list, again, goes on like it is for you know most of these championship events. Olivia, what are your thoughts going into this race where you have, again, just so many different talents in the same field who have all put together similar performances on the track?
3: Ashley, I feel like this is such a loaded and insanely built field (laughs) it's just full of talent i think for me my thoughts right now i'm honestly curious about abby nick i am a huge fan of her she finished fourth at the usa track and field national cross country championships this is her first year running indoors and i think that's another thing that i'm like i'm quite interested to see how she's going to perform she's running 218 in the 800 this year 926 in the 3k She's, you know, just done an amazing job already. And I feel like she's going to surprise a lot of people. I feel like she's had such an amazing cross-country season, you know, had an opportunity to run at the USA Track and Field National Cross Country Championships. Now we're seeing her compete at the indoor season before we officially go into outdoor season from Minnesota. So Abby Nikki Nikki, I feel like is that sneaker pick for me. Honestly, I feel like I just I'm just intrigued by what Abby Nicky is going to bring to the table. Of course, Ali Shea. Ali Shea is going to be a part of this race, too. She was the runner-up last year at this meet with a nine... 52 she also won the 5k and was fourth in the mile then you have tatum david who's just been really putting everything together this indoor season 1022. uh she's race she has a few races underneath her belt and i feel like with the competition she can really challenge for a title here so i think it's just gonna be interesting but i really think abby nikki is gonna be that one to look out for
1: olivia i think per usual we're on like the save wavelength here i know we do that mm-hmm. a lot because i'm also really curious <laughs> to see how abby nikki does you know like as you mentioned, she had a long cross country season. She finished 4th at the USATF Cross Championships in January. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to make the trip out to Worlds due to some logistical reasons, but I feel like maybe that gives her, you know, some motivation going into these races here indoors. She's only raced, you know, twice like you said. She's run an 800 and then a really stellar 3K as well. So maybe now she's like, "Okay, this is my chance to return to a national championship stage and really just put it all out on the line you know what does she have to lose you know so I'm really excited to see what Abby Nekineke does here Corey who are your big headliners going into this race
0: uh, my only big question is Ellie Shea how close will she get to the 950s and Natalie Cook range um you know if that, I think that's possible for her based on how she ran at the end of the cross country and and what she did were all 20s uh I like uh, beside her, Tatum David, to go under 10 minutes. But I, I do think this is going to be primarily a Shea race. Uh, but I got David maybe getting under 10 minutes. O'Shea, Kira O'Shea, not to sleep on her. I think she's been really good this year. Um, Alyssa Sorrow, West Virginia, coming there from the from the mountains of West Virginia, could, could do well. And a, a sleeper would be Gillian Bushy. Uh, she's coming off some good performances at the Virginia State Championships. I could see her kind of fitting herself into the equation a little bit.
1: Well, that will definitely be an exciting one with some star-studded, you know, athletes in that field. Now, that ends our race breakdowns, but, you know, as we've mentioned, there are two different national championship events happening this weekend, one in Boston and one in New York, and most athletes are, you know, picking one or the other and, you know, kind of focusing on that given event. However, there are some athletes that are going to be doing both. Somehow, they're going to be traveling to Boston and New York to compete in the national championships, and... The USATF, U20, XC3 are all about to head there. That's do a the mouthful. D- <laughs> it, it really is. And do the <laughs> double. You're going to have Carrie Beloga, Zario Macia, and Abby are all they, they all competed at USA, U20s, in cross country. They're all going to be doing the same races. They're going to be doing the two-mile at New Balance, the one-mile at NSAF, and then Beloga and Macia are going to be doing the 4x8 at NSAF, while neki is going to do the four-by-mile. Guys, That's that just sounds exhausting, you know? Like, <laughs> so, Corey, as you, you know, look at this and, you, you know, you're looking at these athletes – how are they gonna pull this off? You know, what do you think we're gonna see from them?
0: I'm gonna call them the U23. The U23. Okay, that sounds better. You know, <laughs> that, was, that was the whole thing. It was, it was too much. Or the XC3. I like XC3. U23 or XC3. XC3. Uh, XC3. I'm assuming. I'm assuming they had a conversation in, in Australia. Maybe. What do you think? Yeah.
1: Could be. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna use my Australian accent right now. Hey, mate. You wanna do something crazy? The two mile and mile. But here's the twist. It's in Boston and New York. <laughs> you like that? That Maybe was so <laughs> bad. Yeah, well, 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 I think that conversation happened between okay, those okay. girls, and that's why they're doing both of them uh, together. I mean, it, it, you know, it's an experience. This is high school runners getting the experience. That's what it's. They are four, right? Uh, whether they win, they finish second, third, whatever, it's the experience of doing this, and that's going to build their character and a lot of their maturation as runners. So I think that's part of the the allure here for all those three. And it'll be interesting for Beloga and Nekaniki, who are going to be teammates next year. It's, I think that's a got, good bonding experience doing this together. So, um, you know, the, all, obviously all of them will have chances to win, but I think overall the experience is going to be the important part here.
1: Olivia, maybe break down for us, you know, what the schedule is going to look like for these athletes in particular and how they're going to even travel from, you know, Boston to New York and back and forth. You know, what's it going to look like for these athletes?
3: Yeah, I'm just thinking about last year when both the national championships were in New York. I was like, okay, we saw some overlapping of athletes but here we're in two different states it's interesting because the two mile for new Balance national indoors is scheduled for friday afternoon the mile and the four by eight at nsaf indoor nationals are scheduled for sunday morning and sunday afternoon so as Corey mentioned it's just an opportunity for experience and when i just kind of googled searched like the distance between boston and new york city at the time of day, which I did this, and remember, we're talking about New York City. It's about a four-hour drive when I did it, give or take. You got to add about an hour to two hours there. Um, and I don't know if they're flying, but I would assume they would drive. But I feel like it, it's it's a great experience. At the end of the day, it's high school track and field. Go have fun. Handle your business. Have fun at the same time. And I feel like there's there's some wiggle room in there for travel and also recovery, just because Saturday could be used for, you know, depending if they leave right after Friday's race, get in, shake out the like Saturday, compete Sunday. That's cool too. So, and I feel also when it comes to the relays, like, especially with them doing that at NSAF, like they're going to have their teammates with them. So I feel like they're going to be there to kind of uplift them a little bit more because you have three other girls there. So I think it's gonna be a great experience. I'm interested to see how it all turns out for them.
1: Yeah. That's what it's all about. Right. To have fun, you know, on the championship stage. I think that'll be really exciting. And, you know, looking at these ladies in particular, I think, I'm really curious to see how Zaria Makia does. I think for a while I've been really impressed with how this young sophomore has really handled herself, you know, on such a big stage already. You know, she's going to be competing in a loaded field in the two-mile, loaded field the one-mile. I mean, that's just great racing experience for her going into, you know, she still has two more years left of her high school career and she certainly can hang with them too as well so i'm really excited to see what zariel does there kudos to all these ladies if they you know pull this off so well which i know they will do hopefully they can get like olivia said some nice recovery some nice sleep afterwards maybe an ice bath who knows but the i guess we'll call this segment double trouble it's going to be double trouble this weekend at Inborn nationals now we have We did. We did have one last segment, (laughs) but I think that's going to wrap it up for us here. That was a pretty mega national show, I think I would say. So, guys, that's our show today on the line. Like I mentioned earlier, Corey and Olivia are going to be going to New Balance Nationals Indoor. They'll be in Boston. Guys, do you have anything exciting you're looking forward to in Boston?
0: On Thursday, before we start our coverage on Friday, I know at night there's a show on ABC called Alaska Daily Gonna yes. Catch up with it <gasps> yes
1: <laughs> our show yeah. cannot wait yeah.
0: and then it's all coverage after that I'm i will say all coverage. I, yep.
1: I finally watched alaska <laughs> daily and it's very solid very solid so we can all watch it and then discuss so excited yeah. for that
3: yeah
1: well guys thanks again for watching on the line we will be back next week to recap everything that happens this weekend we'll talk to you soon take care